house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Praise God. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Praise God. There's a lot of people will do crazy things. Amen. To see what they think are powerful people. Amen. Wait in long lines and all kinds of things. We didn't even have to wait in line and we're in the presence of the one who has all power in heaven and in earth. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, according to this clock, I've got 10 minutes. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Guess they, uh, amen. Subtle message. Praise God. Amen. Either that or just hadn't changed it yet. Amen. If you had to turn with me in your Bibles, the book of Luke chapter 4. Amen. I do believe that God has something special for us today. Amen. I do believe that every time we come to the house of the Lord that God has something for us. Amen. But there's just something about this morning. I just feel God has something special today. Amen. I, I guess it was technically early Saturday morning. Amen. When God began to deal with me on this thought today. Amen. And uh, I, I, just want, I, I just want someone to be find something from God today. Amen. To find the help that you need in him. Amen. We can't find it anywhere else. We're depending on him today. Amen. Luke chapter 4 verse number 16 says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Amen. It was his custom to go to church. Amen. And stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Amen. For a little bit this morning to preach on the subject of the broken ones. The broken ones, praise God. Can you lift your hands? Ask the Lord to have his way in this house this morning. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that we feel. God, we need you in a special way today, Jesus. God, we're just asking today, Lord, that your perfect will, God, would be done in every heart, every soul today. Lord, I need your touch, need your help today, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. It's an old nursery rhyme. Amen. That says Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I remember my old childhood book had a picture in it of this man that was like an egg with legs and arms. 
Amen. And when this egg man fell off the wall, amen, if you've ever dropped an egg, you know what the result is. I've been involved with some egg tosses at picnics before. And no matter how much you want to, once that egg breaks, you ain't putting it back together again. Amen. Usually you're wishing it had broke on the other fella and not on you. But uh, this egg, this, this, this Humpty Dumpty, he, he broke and, and they tried to put him at all the king's horses, all the king's men. They, they couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Amen. What a, what a nice, encouraging story. Amen. To read to your child. Amen. But you know, in life, when we are born, amen, we're that little child that is utterly dependent upon our parents. Amen. And uh, as days come and days go, we grow physically, we grow mentally, we mature. And as we grow, the more we grow, the more independent we become. Amen. My children are very young yet. They're only seven, five, and three. Praise God. But I find that even at those ages, the older they get, the more independent they become. And it seems like to me that the, the younger ones, the, the, the later ones that they had, they get independent a little faster than the first one did. Amen. Because that three-year-old, he thinks that he can do anything. Amen. But we get that independence and we begin to want to do our own thing. Amen. And uh, we don't want to take instruction because we want to do what we want to do. And uh, as days go by, we begin to plan our life and we begin to dream big dreams. And we begin to plan out how that we are going to uh, meet our dreams and our lives begin to revolve uh, around these plans that we have made uh, for ourselves. And as days go by, uh, it seems like everything comes to fruition. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, our plans are broken our plans blow up in our face it seemed that we were so close and we were headed in the right direction but something happened in life and life took place because life always has its ups and downs it doesn't matter if you're living for God or not living for God you're gonna have good days and you're gonna have bad days Amen. The wisest man that ever lived said it rains on the just and on the unjust. It rains on everybody. There's going to be days that we have bad days. And there's going to be days where our plans seem to blow up. Hallelujah. No matter how good our planning is, we can't plan on what's going to happen in life. Hallelujah. And our plans blow up and our dreams are shattered and our lives are broken. And all of a sudden, we feel that we have no value. We seem to have no purpose. And we feel that worthless feeling. We feel like we have failed because we didn't accomplish our plans. But I want to tell you this morning that God oftentimes is waiting for those moments of brokenness. He's waiting for those days when our plans fall apart and our dreams and our ambitions fall by the wayside and it seems that everything's broken but it's in that moment that the master can step in and put the broken pieces together the way he desires to amen because all the king's horses and all the king's men they can't pick those broken dreams up but I'm telling you we serve a God today who can pick you up and he can put the pieces together he can begin to form you and make you the way that he wants you to be 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that God is able, no matter where you're at this morning, no matter how disappointed you are, God can pick you up and God can put you back together again. And God is here to help you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants to put us back together again. Hallelujah. Amen. One of the stories in the Bible, amen, I've preached about many times, amen, was this man that we know as Job, devout and righteous man, a man that feared God and eschewed evil. The Bible even says he was a perfect man. He was a man that he, he lived right. Amen. I don't believe that he was without sin because there was only one that has ever lived this life without sin. But he was a man that lived for God with all of his heart. Amen. And uh, one day the devil came in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? And uh, this is my version of the story, but my interpretation of it. But the devil looked at him and said, why bother? You've got a hedge around him that I can't get through. And the Lord said, well. Don't hurt him. Don't touch his body. But you can do what you have to do. The devil said, I'm telling you what, if I touch you, take everything he's got, he will curse you to your face. The Lord said, well, go ahead. Don't touch his body. And in the matter of moments, this wealthy man, he was a very wealthy man. In a matter of moments, one day as his servant came after servant came after servant came, he found out that his sheep, his camels, his oxen, his asses were gone. That men had come in and stole them and killed all of his servants, yet the one escaped to come and tell Job about it. All of his means of living, all of his means, uh, amen, was gone in a moment. And this wealthy man all of a sudden was a broke man. But then to what would be to me the worst news then came as a servant came. The last one that came said your children were together and they were eating together in the house. And the, and the wind blew and it blew down the house and they all perished. And I only remain alive. Amen. That, folks, is a bad day. But the devil's plans all went out the window. And Job arose and rent his mantle and said, Naked came I into this world, naked I shall return thither. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, I came here with nothing, I'm gonna leave with nothing. So if I've got nothing now, don't matter, I can't take it with me anyways. I'm still gonna bless his name. And in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. The devil said, surely if we take everything, he will curse God. But Job realized the things we possess in this life don't really matter. Oh, help me, Jesus. Amen. If we attain to everything in this life and possess money and wealth, it does nothing for our eternity. Job said, I came with nothing. I'm going to leave with nothing. If I'm broken, destitute, so be it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Hallelujah, this isn't in my notes this morning. Uh, but I'm telling you, if you're in one of those places of brokenness uh, where everything's gone uh, and it seems you've got nothing left, uh, the proper response uh, is to lift up your voice, uh, lift up your hands, uh, and bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that's easy to do. Hey Amen, but he's still worthy. He's still worthy. Hallelujah, he's still worthy. Hey Amen, you say, what am I going to do? Well, David said, I was young and now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. You may lose everything, but if you put your confidence and trust in God, he's not going to leave you destitute. He won't leave you hungry. He won't leave you without, but he'll provide your need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey Amen. The story of Job, though, wasn't done yet. Hey Amen. We find up in Job chapter 2, verse 8. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it. Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity, while thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. Hallelujah. From the pain and hurt of losing everything, losing his children, to now his health gone. I've never had a boil, and I pray the Lord allows me to go my whole life being able to say that. Because I have heard they are utterly miserable. And there he is not with one or two, but from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head, covered in boils. A broken man, if I've ever seen one. Verse 8 said, and he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes, trying to find some relief. Sat down in ashes, and he got that potsherd, a broken piece of pottery. Began to scrape himself. A broken man with a broken fragment of a pot. That at one time, that piece of pottery wasn't just a broken sliver. At some point in time, it was a useful item of some variety. But in this moment, there's nothing left but a broken piece. You would think it was worthless, without value, serving no purpose whatsoever. But Job, in his misery, picks up that broken piece and somehow begins to scrape himself to find relief. 
You see, when we get to that place that we're so broken and feel absolutely worthless, and every one of us has probably been there at one time or another. I know I have. And uh, Lord knows I may be there again someday. Amen. Because life happens. And there Job is. But yet he finds that broken little piece. <clears throat> and something about that just stands out to me. Because to everybody else around him, a broken piece of pottery is worth nothing. It is pointless. It's not good but to throw out in the field and leave it. But yet, Job finds with that broken piece, he finds a use for it and finds relief with a broken piece. Hallelujah. You think sometimes because your plans are broken and your life is torn down and all there is is fragments uh, that you're not worth anything. Uh, but I'm telling you, there is value. Uh, God still has value. Uh, God sees value uh, in broken pieces. Uh, God sees purpose uh, in a broken piece. Uh, if we'll let God step in uh, and let God move uh, on those broken pieces. A broken man found relief with a broken vessel. And I'm telling you, we can find relief today if we give God the broken pieces of our life. But I don't understand why I'm here. I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand why I feel this way. Well... I think it's safe to say that Job didn't know either. I kind of see this as Job getting stuck in a battle between heaven and hell. And Job was a central focus of this and didn't know it was coming and didn't know why it came. But somehow through it all, even though in those times of brokenness and those times of confusion, yeah, Job did some things that at the end he had to repent over and had to pray for his friends. But I'm telling you, somehow he maintained his integrity. Somehow he knew that his redeemer still lived. And he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I don't know why I'm here. I, I don't know why it happened, uh, but I'm still trusting you, God. I'm still going to lift you up, God. I'm still going to live for you. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I don't know how I'll walk through today, but I want you to know that my Redeemer liveth and my trust is in him. Hallelujah. There's been days in my life that I didn't know how I was going to get up and go. But somehow, God reached down in that broken state and gave me the strength I needed. He gave me the touch that I needed to go one more day. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a story I heard one time about a group of prisoners that a man broke loose from a camp during World War II. And uh, the logical way to escape was the way that they figured everybody would go looking for them. So they went the way that wasn't logical. They went through a desert over extreme mountain highs. And uh, they asked them how in the world they they survived and how they made it. 
And they said that they would set goals. They had a goal, obviously, of reaching their destination, but that goal from the beginning to the end was over 3,000 miles on foot. They couldn't think about that goal. They had to think about something they could see. They'd pick a tree or a bush, and they'd get there and set another goal. They said sometimes the goals weren't very far away because they were in a weakened state, so they set a rarely easily attainable goal. And I want to tell you, some days when you get up in the morning, sometimes your only goal is going to be to take a couple steps. It may just be to get up. But you got to set a goal. Hey, man, in those states of brokenness, that I, today I'm going to get up. Today I'm going to get up somehow. I'm going to get up. And God, I tell you what, you set the goal. God's going to help you in your broken state. And he's going to pick you up. You see, that feeling of worthlessness is not uh, how God feels. That feeling that we have no value, no purpose in life, that's not how God feels. But Lord looks down there and he sees that broken life. He sees that broken heart. He sees the hurt. He sees the pain. And he sees an opportunity to begin to pick up the pieces and put them back together. God sees the potential in the broken pieces. I know I preached about this next thing this last Sunday morning, as a matter of fact, but it's a little aspect of the story that I'd like to pull out today. Amen. Paul being transported to Rome on the ship. I'm not going to get too much into it because we just talked about it last Sunday, but amen. He warned them there was danger ahead. They should not travel. They would not heed his warning. They hit storms. They struggled. They couldn't go because of the wind that was contrary to them. They lightened the ship. If I read the story correctly, it was probably three times they threw stuff out of the ship. And uh, an angel came and talked to Paul and assured him that all would be well and no life lost. In Acts 27 and 30, it says, And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship when they had let down the boat into the sea, under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. The soldiers cut off the ropes to the boat and let her fall off, putting their hands into the hand of this prisoner, really, putting their, their lives in his, what he felt God had told him. And in verse 40, it says, when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoist up this mainsail to the wind, and made towards shore, and falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable. The hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. The soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose, commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. We build that beautiful ship that we sail on the sea of life. All according to our plans and our ideas. And everything seems to be well. Life is going on and life is good. 
And then out of nowhere, a storm blows into our life. And that ship that we have sailed, thinking that we had the answer to life, that ship is broken into pieces. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the amazing thing to me about this story is though the ship itself could not get them to shore. It could not get them to the place of safety. It could not get them to shelter and to warmth. But when the ship was broken, the broken pieces of that ship got them to the place of safety. Hallelujah. And sometimes God allows that ship that we're sailing to be broken because we're not on the right ship. Hallelujah. We're, we're going according to our plans, but our plans are not always what God has planned. And our dreams are not always what God wants for our life. Amen. And sometimes God allows that ship to hit the troubled waters that are going to break that ship up. And God takes the pieces of that broken ship. And with the pieces of that broken ship, he takes us to a place of safety. Oh, I'm going to step out a little boldly today. Hallelujah. I believe that the reason why we have so many people, amen, in our country and in North America that don't care about God and are not dependent on God is because their ship is sailing too easily. Hallelujah. You go to foreign lands where their life is not easy and their life is hard and they've got more dependence on God. Amen, but too often we depend on the ship that we have built and the ship that we are sailing. And God said, okay, I'm going to have to teach you a lesson. And that ship is broken up. God takes those broken pieces and uses them to take us where he wants us to be. Help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, man, there's been many times in my life, Elder, where I thought I had it figured out. Had it all planned out, just how it was going to be. Hey, man, but God allowed a storm to come in, if you would, to redirect me. And that ship may have busted up. And the broken pieces of that ship took me where God wanted me. <laughs> you see, we try to build up a facade, if you would, that everything's good. That we're tough and we're strong and everything's going right. We build up a facade that hides every hurt and hides every scar. And try to fake our way through life. Thinking that everything's just going to be alright. I've got this all taken care of. But then all of a sudden that ship that we're sailing. Begins to bust up. And we're broken because all of a sudden our plan just fail. 
and we're sitting there with broken pieces of our ship. And God said, okay, now I can put the pieces back together. David wrote in Psalm 51, the great psalm that he wrote of repentance when, amen, when he had sinned with Bathsheba. Verse 16, he said, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O oh God. Thou wilt not despise. That broken heart, that grieving, that hurt. Amen. That contrite. Knowing that the ship that we built was not the proper way. And all of a sudden we are of a broken spirit. And a broken and a contrite heart. And let me tell you something, that is what God loves, is the broken heart. In Luke chapter 7 and verse 36, one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who, what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. This woman came, the writer, Luke, said she was a sinner. The Pharisee said she was a sinner. There is no doubt that she was a sinner. Most likely a very grievous one, if the studying I've done is correct in what they suppose she was. <coughs> but when she heard that Jesus was in this house, she went and got this alabaster box of ointment that was precious ointment, worth a fair sum of money and came and stood behind him where they were. The way they sat around a table, they said his feet would have stuck out from behind him. And she came and stood behind him, this sinner. Life had got her to a place of brokenness. Life had beat her up. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, the Pharisee looked at her in disdain. He's a sinner. Mumbling and talking about this sinner. Saying if he were a prophet, he would have known what kind of woman she was. He wouldn't have let her do it. 
Which tells me the Pharisee would not have let her touch him. And would have condemned her for trying. This was a woman who was broken. And when she got there, the tears began to flow. And her tears began to fall on his feet. She got down and wiped his feet with her hair and anointed them with this ointment. And this man said to himself, but Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. Jesus said, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. Simon still doesn't have a clue what's going on here. Simon's probably feeling pretty good about him because he gave him the right answer. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. A broken life. Some even say that this ointment might have been used in her means of making a living. Used for a corrupt purpose. And she took it. And offered it and anointed the feet of Jesus. Broken, talked about, gossiped about, put down, broken down. Tears flooding down her face. I believe in that moment she didn't care about the whispers in the room. She didn't care what anybody else thought. In her broken state, she was bringing what she had to the master. A life that was a mess. She poured out her offering to Jesus. This morning in this place, he is asking for us to pour ourselves out to him. Not to try to build up a facade that hides the brokenness 
Not to try to pretend like everything is going right in life and everything is perfect, but to be honest and open with him. Say, I've messed up. I am a sinner. She didn't try to hide herself. She didn't try to hide what she was, but she came to him uh, carrying her baggage, carrying her scars, uh, and the tears flowing down her face uh, as she offered up her sacrifice to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We read in our text today, Jesus standing up and reading. He said, He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. I don't know if I'm getting through this morning. Let me tell you something. If you bring your broken heart to Him, he can put it back together again. I know I started off with a little nursery rhyme, but I want to tell you something. We can try the king's horses and the king's men. We can try everything that the world has to offer, but at the end of the day, we might try to mask it. We might try to forget about it, but the heart's still broken. The life is still broken, and though we're trying everything, we can't fix the broken heart. Every day when we get up, we've got to get ourselves put together that we can face life because the real problem is there's a broken heart. The real problem is that everything's busted in pieces and we don't know how to put it together again. I want to tell you this morning that he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to put us back together again. He came to pick up those broken pieces. Hallelujah. Those pieces that to us seem to have no value, to seem to have no purpose, but he can reach down and begin to put those pieces back together again. And though we think they have no value to him, they are precious. And he wants to put you back together again. Let me tell you something this morning. There is no shame in being broken. Hallelujah. So many men in scripture. I, I, I just jotted down a couple of them here. But Elijah, before he could really do what God wanted him to do, had to go through a time of being broken. Amen. He stepped out of that big way, but yet it didn't do what he thought it would. And he ran off and hid somewhere in a broken state. And God came and redirected him. And God used him mightily. How can we forget about Moses, that man that was raised up in Pharaoh's household, uh, had everything that he could want, uh, but yet he wanted deliverance for his people. Uh, And so one day he's walking by uh, and sees an Egyptian smiting an Israelite. 
So he smites the Egyptian and kills him. And Moses has to run. And there he is on the backside of the desert for 40 years in a broken state. And finally God got him where he could use him and put those broken pieces together and use Moses to deliver his people from the bondage of Egypt. Paul had to be broken, that great Pharisee of the Pharisees. But when that bright light shone down from heaven and knocked him down, he said, Who art thou, Lord? Amen. God spoke to him and said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Paul said, what would you have me to do? And he sent him to a man of God. Paul got up from that place with blinded eyes. He couldn't even see. This great feared man had to be led to this man's house. And when he walked in, the man of God laid hands upon him and the scales fell off of his eyes. And he filled him with the God, filled him with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized. He was converted. And God took him and used him in a special way. But first, he had to be broken. Paul, Peter, oh, Peter, such a bold man. Jesus said, Peter, before the cock crows thrice, you'll deny me three times. He said, no, I won't. And the very next day as he heard that rooster crow in the morning, and he had already denied Jesus three times, and he went out and wept bitterly, broken down. But if he hadn't broken, he hadn't been broken. God couldn't have used him in the way that he did. Hallelujah. This next thing may seem simple, but when Jesus fed the 5,000 before he could feed them, the Bible said he took the loaves and the fishes and he broke them. Before they could be multiplied to feed the masses, it had to be broken. You'd stand with me today. And before Jesus could complete the sacrifice, his body had to be broken. But he hung there on that cross, the back shredded by the whip, crown of thorns pressed in his head. His body broken. He was there in a broken state. Amen. But because he went, was buried and rose again. Amen. He could put your life together again. All you have to do is be like him. You have to die. You have to repent of your sins. You have to repent of your sins. Be baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. The Bible said you shall Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost as he resurrects you into newness of life. He'd take those broken pieces and he'll put them together. And the Bible said that the old things are passed away and behold, everything will become new. Hallelujah. The broken ones.
broken ones. The broken ones are the ones that God really loves. The broken ones are the ones that God wants to put together again. The broken ones are the ones that God wants to work in and minister to. The broken ones. If you're one of those this after this morning, amen, don't be ashamed today. We're all been there at one time or another. Amen. But why don't you do like that woman that day that walked in and fell at his feet and really began to worship him? She brought her scars. She brought her hurts. She brought the baggage that she was carrying through life. But she brought the broken pieces. Jesus said, your sins, which are many, which are many, are forgiven. Does it matter how much sin you have today? Does it matter if there are many or few? If you bring it to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He'll reach down this morning and put the pieces back together again. Hallelujah. This altar's open if you'd like to come and talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Bring your tears. Bring your hurts. Bring those broken pieces. Oh, but my ship didn't sail like I wanted it to. That's all right. Just grab a hold of one of those broken pieces and let it take you to the foot of the master. Let it take you to the one that robed himself in flesh and allowed that flesh to be broken. That he could put the pieces of your life back together. Won't you come to him today? Won't you bring them to him today? Bring all those broken pieces. Hallelujah. They have value in his sight. <laughs> oh, you're precious to him this morning. He loves you, he cares about you so deeply. Won't you bring it to him today and let him put those pieces back together again. Bring them to him and let him put it together as he would. Won't you come to him today? <laughs>